you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I am honored to um, have my guest on today who um, has recently contributed to the Amazon bestseller, The Sales Genius, uh, one of the best small business sales trainers, which I know. Uh, Welcome to the show, James. Robin Waite, lovely to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm um, very well, thank you. Always well, actually. It's always good when I get to speak to, um, I said earlier on, to, to a friendly face uh, who yeah, I know, exactly. like, and trust, James. And that's well, a big we, part of sales. Well, we've been, we've, been doing, we've been working together in a number of things and other projects for a, no, a long time now, so it's good fun. Absolutely. So we're, we're actually going to kind of kick things off, really, because obviously we're in one of the you know, worst sort of uh, global pandemic, world, world's worst um, sort of recession, I think. And, you know, this, is, this kind of beats the hell out of even the 2007, 2008 crisis, you know, and that was tough enough to grow business through that. So you and I both know that there's a lot of businesses out there struggling. So what can we start to do to kind of um, turn that around and thrive through the current recession? Yeah, it's a great point, man. And unfortunately, there is. Unfortunately, the, the, the climate has changed things for a lot of companies and people. But so I have just this really simple philosophy, right, which is eat or be eaten. The world is going to eat you up and spit you out the other side if you let it. Or you can decide to eat and build some skills and learn some things, work with people like me or you or whoever and uh, whoever they want to and learn to, 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 to get your business where you want it to be. Whether that means you've got to pivot, whether that means you've got to take some different decisions. Um, and more importantly, they've got to learn to sell. They've got to learn to be able to get people to part with their money in these current times. Otherwise, they're going out of business and we want that to not be the case. One of the one of the things which I noticed, like, you know, you had lockdown on the 23rd of March in the UK and then, you know, 24th of March, people are doing like massive discounts and things like that. And for me, it just showed that they didn't really have trust and faith in their product or their pricing or ability to sell. Um, and for them, it's just about going out and scratching around, getting as much cash in, uh, you know, on their table as they possibly could, like, you know, within 24 hours. So I kind of understand the mentality of it, but I think there's a much better way to go about business, isn't there? There is. And, and, and the problem that comes from that is that you know, I say to people, I have different models around sales and, and, and sales is a bit like, you know, say I have one around sales like dating. And, and when you see someone that's like, oh, do you want to go out on a date for me? Do you want to go out on a date with me? And you go, oh, no, it looks desperate. And when you see businesses that are like, oh, I can do it for that price. Or I can do it for this price. Or, you know, the, the, it, it's like you've got those sense of who you are and your own values and what you're about. And yes, it's tough. Sometimes we have to make tough decisions. But the needy, if you look needy and desperate when you go and sell, chances are you're not even going to get the business anyway because people go, something's not right here. So it's about being able to be true to who you are. What's your why? What what problem and want do you solve? Why are they going to buy from you? And who's that target audience? And then we can then help people get the right results if they you know take a, some structured steps in the right way. But yeah, it's just, it, it's difficult, right? Because if you're not careful, everyone goes to the bottom. But yet, there are lots of companies out there that are still doing really well, that are still thriving, that are still charging good money. So what are they doing differently? They're staying true to their, who they are and their values. I, I, it's something which I've been talking about a lot, actually. You know, you could have 20 local web designers, for example, but there's only one of them that can be the most expensive. <laughs> yet, yet when you look at them, the likelihood is they've probably been around for the longest. They're charging more than everybody else. So they're the most expensive. And funny enough, they're still getting clients. Isn't that remarkable? 
Yeah. And it's, I had a conversation with a copywriter literally three years ago, and um, it was really interesting. This is before lockdown, obviously. But he 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 picked me up the phone, talked about the brief, and he said, yeah, thanks very much, but I don't, don't really think like this is for me. And I put the phone down, and I was like, well, I don't like that. I don't like being told not there. And I was a bit like, I felt like ringing it back up again, saying, how much more do you want? But I didn't, because it was like, you know, he was his decision. But I respected it. He's like, do you know what, thanks, it's not for me. I'm not that person. I'm not able to do it at the value that you think or whatever you think it's at. And that respect was huge for me, for that person. It was like, he knows where he's at. And one of the key rules that and criteria that I talk to people about is know that perfect client that you, and it doesn't have to just be about demographics or psychographics. It can be about the way they talk to you. It can be about the way they act or the 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 the, the character, the way they are as a per. I don't know what lots of elements. Just know what. Don't go sell yourself so short that you just go after anything and everything. It I think one of, one of the things which I've noticed about like the, um, what you teach around sales though is is this. Um, it, it's being relatable. It's about building up like being able to see a bit of empathy with your clients so you can mm. understand the problems and pain points which they're going through, um, and ultimately kind of using that as an, as a way to kind of build trust and I think one of the biggest challenges is like people see sales as this really dirty sort of thing and then it's almost like oh I've got to put my sales hat on then and I've got to give myself a good rub down in a shower afterwards you know yeah. because they feel like they've done something dirty by taking money off of somebody and and that's obviously driven from a, a place of fear so how how can you start to kind of approach sales from a different perspective so it doesn't feel so grubby and so dirty and that's a great point and, and it's, it's a it's a really good point you make and people do for that so, and the best way to start that is by being able to go back to the core re- <coughs> core reasons why you're doing something and the core reasons why if you're doing you know i always say to people if you're doing something so there are three ways to sell so i will say the three ways to sell okay as i will call it the first one am i allowed to swear i'm going to swear anyway because that's swear. the nature of the game here. there's fuck em and duck em. so basically what fuck em and duck em is is a fortune it's a mod it's, it's a video on my youtube channel which i'm sure you'll share later on where but what people do they go i'm just going to sell anything to anyone and do you know what i'm going to duck the shit that comes back my way when when it happens and it happens a lot because people just go i just sell in just to get money in and i don't really care what happens and don't worry about reputation oh duck the crap that comes back my way and there are a lot of people that still do that and that's why people get a little upset about sales there's there's then what i call deliver and disappoint where they they mean well but they haven't got the structures in place to really get where they want to go and and they do something and, and i've been by the way i've run a business where i've delivered and supported and i hated the feeling it gave my clients or the third option which is now where i've just said this week is transform and tribe so how do you transform the life of that person or, or that company and make their world a better place, and they then become this sales force and tribe that are behind you, cheerleading you, saying, go and work with Robin Wake, go and do work with James White or whoever else. And you've got to pick as a business which one of those categories you want to be in. And if you want to be in the first one, that's fine, but I don't want anything to do with you, and I wish you all the best, and go and find some sleazy salespeople out there, and there are, that will help you get that way. But if you want to transform and tribe, look at who your values are and what you're about. What is it you do this for? And also then be really passionate about delivering an end result, an outcome for your client that's going to make their world a better place. People only buy for two reasons, a problem or a want. Solve those problems, solve those wants, do it in a way that makes that client go, oh, I love Robin Wake because he's amazing. And the rest will follow easily from there. So transform and try. That's the way you want to go. And I think I think you've kind of identified like one of the key points there is that a lot of people see sales as a, a way to make money. But I, I don't see I see it as the start, the very start of a long-lasting client, you know, service client provider relationship. Yeah. And and if you're sat there, um, you know, 
if you have to make the sale in order to put food on your table and pay for your mortgage, you're actually doing it for the wrong reasons because yeah. it should always be operating out of the client's best interest at all times. If, if you do the work that you need to do and you get the results, the, the problem is finance, business owners that we know face huge amounts of financial anxiety because they don't have enough business in their funnel. And that affects their families, it affects their kids, it affects their whole demeanor as a person. And I'm on a mission to give small business owners the tools and, the, and to say, look, do you know what? Let's avoid that financial anxiety and pain. And we avoid it by having a fat funnel. I talk about fat funnels, converting those leads, bringing business in. And when you see your bank balance and you look at Stalin or Monzo or whatever at the end of the month and you see money there, it makes you feel good, right? We all feel when the, when the invoices are going in, you feel, you feel, you feel top of the world. You want to talk to your partner and say, let's have dinner or whatever, and, or talk to your kids and say, let's do things. You feel good. So that's, that's the mission that I'm on to change. And, and it's, it, it, we've got to help more businesses get that way, but doing it in the right way, transforming and thriving. You've you've made it again such a valid point because um, around the whole like having that sort of safety net to be able to sit back on it just gets rid of all of those kind of gremlins that are kind of you know the things the the sharks kind of biting at you trying to you know um, uh, that you're kind of worried about. One of the things which I always talk about in fearless business is about um, like if there is something which worries you like scarcity lack of if you haven't got money if that's something which you get anxiety over and it happens like all the time you've got to find a way to create the opposite of that abundance mm. um if that's what you need in order to be able to operate efficiently and not have to worry about stuff so for, for even before lockdown you know i was encouraging all of our clients to have three to six months worth of operating overhead saved up in their bank so that worst case scenario they could pay their mortgage for six months okay exactly. um you know and i'm not talking about having to sell stuff in order to pay their mortgage no it's saved up and it's there as a, as a safety net and so about two-thirds of our clients come march 23rd they may not have had all three to six months saved up, but they had something to sit back on. And so when I then first day, when I kind of jumped on a call with them all and I said, who's got, who's got savings. And of course, two thirds and put their hand up. Great. And the other third, by the way, had only joined the, 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 the crew recently. So they didn't have that sort of necessarily. And I was like, right, we're going to focus on getting you some savings, but for everybody else, sit tight. Don't start saying yes to everything just because you've got to. You you can pick and choose who you want to work with. Still, it's going to be okay. And it just it just immediately you could see almost the relief on everybody. They thought, oh, we're going to have to pivot and we're going to have to change dramatically and we have to do loads of stuff differently and we have to put offers out there. And it's like, no, if you've got the safety net, you can carry on doing what you were doing before within reason. You can, and, and it's about being able to, you know, I had a guy phone me up today, actually, interesting enough, from a company um, in the Southwest who said to me, oh, your name popped up in our board meeting today. I said, oh, great, fantastic, that's good news. I said, you know, sounds sounds intriguing. Yeah, we were talking about sales training and, uh, you know, we didn't get you in to do some sales training. I said, look, I'm really happy to help. I said, I've got to be honest with you, I'm pretty expensive. I said, so when my name popped up, well, did it pop up in the name of quality and really good at what he does, or did it pop up with someone, let's get someone in? Because if it's the, it's the last one, I'm, I'm not your man. And they were like, oh, that's really good. No, 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 actually, it was around. Quite... And how much she charged? I said, look, you know, I'll be honest with you, for what you're looking for there, it's probably going to be about two and a half, two, three thousand pounds, probably. All right, that's quite a lot of money. I said, well, talk to me more about what the challenges are, what you're looking to do, and where you're at. And, All right. And when we went and picked it, it was like the cost for them was going to be like worth 75, 80 grand. And I'm like, really? You want to worry about three grand for 75 grand? Mm, yeah. I'm not sure. And then, then it was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But uh, I'd known the guy and had some conversations with, with them before. So it wasn't a case of going straight in and talking about price. But you've just you've got to be able to be clear about who you are and what your value proposition is and what you're about. 
And the net result is, and I say this to people, people are not buying what you do. They're not buying your service. They're not, I don't sell, they're not buying sales training. They're buying sleeping better at night. They're yeah. buying being able to talk to the, to go to their kids and say, can we, should we go to Florida next year or, or whenever we can all travel, when that will be, or they're going to talk to their partner and saying, do you know what? I feel really great at the moment because I'm looking at the bank account and there's plenty enough to cover the money. And that's what we sell, right? We sell those elements. And it's about helping people have that rather than, oh, where's the next point going to come from? Or what am I going to do and unfortunately a lot of that comes that anxiety and fear and worry becomes because they haven't got a plan i've got a structure and they haven't done the work maybe a couple of months ago and um and that's harsh but it's true it's the reality and, and that's what we've got to try and change and that's what i'm on a passion to change anyway that's it and and you know we have a shared sort of um love of uh sort of making sure that your price is you know right as well this isn't about just selling something it's also about selling something of high quality at the right price that's going to economically make your business stack up you know so what i've typically tend to find you know you've got there's there's a set of clients who just are not getting any leads and that that's like that's one you know uh one problem in its own right but actually what i found is a lot of businesses genuinely have a lot of opportunities coming to them mm. but they're not maximizing those opportunities when they do come in and yep. it's it's much easier if you um you know which means that you know well, you can have the same number of opportunities, leads coming in, but if you just increase your prices just a little bit, that would overcome some of that attrition and great with tickety-boo. But you've just got to learn to sell a little bit better than you were selling before. You've actually got to have a process. Exactly. And it's really interesting. So, you know, we, we, we both know a number of the guys. Um, so I was going to, you know, talking to, uh, I don't know if he's in your group, Mark Phillip, really great guy, brilliant. So if anyone's here got a German Shepherd dog um, that they want to get that dog trained, and Mark, Mark is a brilliant guy for it. And, and Mark is, is fantastic. And I was talking to Mark about, you know, the, 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 go back to this problem one. So the key thing I say to people when, whenever I start working with them, I'm like, well, right, what is the outcome? What's the problem? What is it you're solving? What is it that, that's it? And how do you know how much it means to that person? And we were unpicking some of the elements around how Mark goes in and, and talks to his clients about it. And, and the net result, right, of this, of the problem that his clients have is the dog is going to be put down. It's a German Shepherd dog. It's pulling and going and trying to attack other dogs and other people. And not just that, the person can go to prison because the Dangerous Dogs Act now says if you get your dog bites someone, you're responsible as an owner. I'm like, wow, this is big stuff, right? So, so if that if if they if you've probed and find out how big that problem is, and we you know Mark is doing that with his clients, the net result is is you know the, the price that they probably will pay they probably pay three or four times that figure to get it solved, providing you can solve it. Now the question is then is about I would say to people sales is around five words. Problem and want. People only buy for those two reasons. What's the problem or what's the want? In this case here, the dog's ran off. Understand them. Get to know how big the issue is. Probe. Dig deeper. Really ask the right questions. And then the final two are easy. Do they have belief that whatever price you've set it at, that you can that you can solve the problem? And do they trust you to make it happen? And if you give them the case studies and the evidence that shows you, hey, I can solve this problem, people aren't against spending the money. They just want the proof, right? Hundred percent, and I think another uh, area where I think a lot of people kind of fall down as well is just not knowing the numbers. Yeah, like actually, the goal isn't to sell to everybody. They got yeah. like if you're hitting a twenty, you know, one in five to one in three conversion rate, you're actually doing a really good job. Yeah, you don't exactly be and sales numbers. You don't want you know goes back to the thing we again we we talk about. People look at say, oh, I want this number here. Right, if you want that number here, I can tell you what number you need here. 
Okay. The reality is it's generally four to six, maybe 10, 15 times as many because you need more there because they're not all going to come on the journey with you. It's like you go on a train journey from where I live in Somerset to London. I'm going to go to Bristol, to Swindon, to Reading, to London. People get off on the way. Your prospects are the same and it's okay. We don't want to. And if you, and, and as we know, if you're converting everyone, you're too bloody cheap. You should be moving your prices up because otherwise there's supply and demand, right? Look at PPE. Everyone was moaning about the other week. They were saying, oh, this company in Spain, in, in, in Miami was this guy. It was terrible. Oh, this guy had PPE equipment, right? If every country around the world is saying, can I buy your stuff? Of course he's going to move his prices up, right? That's supply and demand. Well, that, that guy's probably been sat with a warehouse full of PPE for like, well, obviously not for the last 20 years because it would have to have an expiry. Yeah, I know what you mean. Not, though. I don't he's mean. been sat there with all this PPE just waiting for a global pandemic to come along. Good for him, I yeah, say. And I'm at the same way. He, or he, and he had contacts to make more. And then he had all these governments saying, can I have some? Can I have some? It's like, well, it's going to happen. So yeah. but I think that the, the issue is people have got to, you know, we've got to have the relevant elements. Go back to that understanding phase the biggest mistake that most of the businesses that i talk to and and they don't go to understand enough they think sales is about them and sales isn't sales is not about you and i'm talking to the end client here but your prospects the people you're talking to it's it's all about me all about me (laughs) no but you know what you mean in in terms of you know i'm not using you in the literal sense but i say to people now when i talk to my the people i'm selling to it's not about me they do not give a shit how great i think i am all they care about is can I solve their problem or one? Can I make their issue go away? That's all they care about. Because otherwise, if I can't, they're not bothered. They're not interested. They're not just because I'm the, the small business sales expert. So so effing what? It doesn't matter. They just want the issue to go away. And I, and I think that kind of leads on to like, you know, see so many people who feel like they have to kind of justify themselves and they get into sales situations. So they're getting objections thrown at them and then they're like, oh, but uh, this is, you know, they start going into the back of the uh, the van, as Andrew Priestley calls it, like selling all of the features. And actually, again, like the features don't really matter. Really, you know, it's like 5% features, 95% end results, like outcomes and, and matter of fact results. It's so, so true. And I, what I, so I have a sales success academy and one of my clients I was on the phone to uh, two days ago and I was talking to him and, and he's basically put a proposal in and they're, you know, they're still working on things and they put a proposal in and uh, he showed me the proposal and there was this huge list of bang, 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 all these different things. It was like war and peace. It was great, brilliant document. But I was like, do you know what? I said, you can call this detail in, but when you put your light on in your room, do you really care about the wiring that goes on behind the background or you just want to put the light on and the light comes on? MDs and business owners generally just want to see that it's going to work. Now, what they might ask you for is give me evidence, give me give me belief that you that when I put my money in, you're going to make it happen because that's the biggest right. I always say to people, if you could guarantee guarantee that what you spend would get you the result that you want, people would just sign on the dotted line tomorrow. But it's just they don't think it's going to be the case. But, that, but that's what that what that's what drives the fear. Because I, I have the same thing which I say to all of the fearless crew as well is like if you can't put 100% cast iron offer people a money back guarantee on your product or service, you don't have the belief in it. Yeah. And how are you going to be able to tell somebody else that you have the belief in it if you're not willing to put your own skin in the game and, and back it yeah. up with a cast iron money back guarantee? Correct. Totally right. You should be able to, uh, great, totally right. And I say to my, you know, the clients are with, you should get your own wallet out. Would you pay for your own service? So I'm, I'm expensive as a sales mentor, but would I buy me? Freaking right, I would, right? Because I know I'm good at what I do. I'd happily buy my own service. That's a bit weird to buy me, but you get the point, right? It's it, it's about you would buy you because you know you back yourself to do what you do. And and, and, the, and the reality is we've just got to get people to really, I, I, see, I say to people, because one of the other things around selling, people say to me, oh, does that mean I've got to make outbound calls? 
yeah, potentially we are. But do you know what? If your outbound call is going to make someone's world a better place, then it's your duty to do it. It's actually a duty for you to pick up the phone and help that person. That's how I, that's where you go with it. Not just the fact you've got to talk to someone that they don't know, but they just haven't seen you yet. And I've got evidence, lots of examples of companies that had a, you know, one company, a laundry company that sold a product that literally saved commercial laundries 50, 60% on their gas bills. And these commercial laundries are spending 15, 20 grand a month. They had evidence. They proved it. It's like they won't know about you unless you get on the phone and talk to them. So let's talk to those people about their problems, the issues, the costs of production, the issues, and then say, would it be useful if I can give some examples of how that could People are open to having those conversations. People are afraid of this, right? Okay, and they shouldn't be. If you have a sweet spot audience that you can solve a problem or want for, get on the bloody phone to them. There's um there was a great uh, uh you probably know about him Benjamin Dennehy have you ever come across him the UK's most hated sales trainer yes I have yes he I have, cracks yeah. me up that guy does but he he really talks some sense as well much much like you do around sales but um he he uses this analogy where he talks about obviously like everybody's perceptions of sales people are that they're snakes and this that and the other and deceptive and persuasive and all this stuff and it's the clients who are you know the, the saints and uh and then he switches it around he says well the salesperson typically offers like a free consultation they give away a ton of advice they'll write you up a proposal with a whole plan about what it is that you've got to do that they care about you because they'll follow up and ask how it's going and whether you're interested in buying they'll try and help you find ways to pay for it that makes it a bit easier and then you've got the client on the other hand who is like uh like stealing all the free information that they when you try and call them back they avoid all your phone calls uh you know and they're hiding from you when it comes around to like having that conversation about money and this that and the other so actually we've got it all like the completely the wrong way around <laughs> it's a really it's a really interesting point you make and i talk to people a lot about sales and people say to me about sales and there's a conception i say to people in sales that the salesperson and the business person no matter who that person is chief chief executive are at the same level and a lot of people see sales people as being or the owner or the customer being subservient to to them and i'm like no 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 if you and in fact, if you talk to CEOs, and I do, CEOs don't want people to come in and, and, and just say to them, oh, you're amazing, and oh, you're amazing, can I bow down at your temple? They want people to come in and help them solve issues. My, my biggest client is a CEO of a 50 million pound company. He's got lots of issues, right? He, call, he, he pays me a lot of money because I help him solve those issues, right? It doesn't matter. He's not any different to anyone else. He's got the same challenges and business issues, but he's just looking for someone to come. What he doesn't want is someone to come in and promise something and not deliver it or to then say, be nervous and sort of like pet around him. He just wants the problems to go away. 100%. We've got, well, we're down to the last 10 minutes here because I know you've got hard stop. Yeah, but, um, I want to get to know the, the real James White a little bit as well because um, like you're one of the most passionate people about sales I know. Well, you are the <laughs> most passionate person about sales that I know. Um, but it didn't start off as, um, for, you know, your, your first kind of foray into sales is really fascinating where you had to go door to door selling, but it's not the usual stuff, is it? No, no, exactly. Everyone asks, people say I've done the hardest sales job. So I, 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 uh, I have. I, and I was a, a I sold double glazing on the phone. That was hard work. And but um, and I was a Jehovah's Witness for six years. And um, and selling the Watchtower and the Awake on a Christmas morning is not a good idea. I can assure you. And as I say to people when I present, I say, what it taught me though is that there's a time and place to sell, and that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> how did it develop though from obviously i mean that was that wasn't necessarily your career choice at the time that was kind of a bit of enforcement yeah exactly my, my, look, I, 
like a lot of kids, yeah, I, I was inspired by my dad. My dad was a sales director for a company and um, I used to go on stands when with him. He used to work for a company called Chubb um, Security. So they used to do shows and I used to go on the stand with him and, and talk to people at an early age. And I got in, you know, I loved sales from from an early start point because my dad would be like, you know, talk to these people and try and find. And even now, my, I, I can think back to my dad. My dad would be, talk to them and find out what they're looking for. So his thing was like, don't just talk to them and tell them how great our stand is. Talk to them and find out what they're looking for. He was, you know, that's where I learned a lot of my sales stuff from. So yeah, I did that, and you know, and I and I've loved, I, I love the passion element around sales because. You know, I still say to people now, the feeling when you win a piece of business, right? When you win a piece of business, that's why my logo is like a fist pump. It's just, it's just, it's just the best. It's a great feeling. It's not the best feeling, but it's a great feeling that we all have that it goes, yes. And, you know, when I win business, I still go around and go, come on, get in. It's that feeling. It's just dopey. It's just amazing. And, and um, yeah, we want to help more business owners get that more on a regular basis. Because when you get those feelings in, you see the money coming in, the invoice is paid. And you think, oh my God, I haven't got to worry. It's just a great place. And I, I, I kind of share your passion as well. And I see you celebrating because obviously we've JV'd on a couple of things and a couple mm. of programs. And um, you, again, like you, it's, it's, it's not about James at all. And that's one of the things which I admire the most about, about you. Like you get behind the small business owner and celebrate with them whenever they get a win as a result of the work which you've done with them, which I, I just think it's such a, like you're such a generous person in that respect. It, because because like you though we care right because at the end of the day we you know when we maybe people the most important thing to me is is when i see a, the best times i have is when i see a person i've worked with come back and said i tried what you told me and it worked and when someone says i've, tried, I've doubled my pricing robin and it worked don't we just feel like yeah it, it's like that sort of come on I, I i yeah i've got no financial interest in it i don't but i just want these guys to get that result because if it means that they can then make their world that bit like say go and be able to have a better evening with their partner or go and have a better time with their kids when we're all happier as people other things happen as a result and yeah we both love it i know you're the same we we love seeing people double their prices or sell something in and get this result and people say why do you do it? it's because that's the best feeling right when you help people make differences and make a difference in their lives so you, you did some sort of sales work for other businesses what was the stepping off point when you kind of started to do like do your own thing 2005 um i just uh had a big life-changing event and i worked for a sales and marketing director for an it firm new guy new guy came in i knew i didn't like him he didn't like me and i thought right um i'll engineer an exit and um, long story short i decided i talked to someone who had the software product and i thought there was a real idea so people will know i like my food and i went to a show once and i remember saying to this this guy that was selling these sausages and they were lovely sausages and i remember saying to him i said these are great products do you, do you not want to collect my information and sell to me because like i love your stuff do you not you, you can you know i'm not going to come to the show again but you could still sell to me and he's like oh man, i haven't thought about that i was thinking what you know it's something wrong uh, and that was it so i then decided to build a crm and software company which i did for a number of years and then i moved into which is all about helping small businesses sell more of what they've got so i called it my first company was called customers really matter because i used to say those people really matter look after them keep them giving more with you and you'll be in great shape um but uh yeah and that sort of then took over and from there but i've been doing this you know with my own boss for for for, for 16, 17 years now. And, and I love the element of what it's done. And, and it's, I've had lots of downs. I've had lots of ups. Um, I've lots of things that I've got wrong. Um, but yeah, those lessons and learnings. What I would you say is the most challenging thing you've had to deal with as a, as a small business owner over the last 15 years? Most challenging probably would be uh, owing HMRC nearly 90 grand and thinking, how am I going to pay it? 
And how did you solve that problem? You actually uh, that? I, I paid, yeah, of course, which bank, yeah. Which bank did you rob? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I talked to them, agreed a plan, and paid it all off within three years. Because I'm a big believer that I can't. I'm a big believer in the accountability mirror. Ultimately, it was my fault. It was my issue, right? I owed it. I fucked up by not doing the right things I should have done and doing things in the wrong way, and I had to solve it. And it meant that I had to make tough decisions for a period of three years. But I did that. I also included some issues myself personally as a result of that, which then I meant I had to go through the same process. But I paid every single penny off, and I can look myself in the eye and say I don't didn't owe anyone anything because of doing that. And I think that's some people I know other business owners have just said, "Oh, I'll just do a prepack admin and move on." But I, I wasn't comfortable doing that. I, I, I wouldn't sit well. I couldn't sit here and have a conversation with you now if I'd have done that. Yeah, and I, again, that's kind of what makes makes you one of the most authentic people I know. You know, and I've I've been in similar sorts of situations, and I would hate to look back and know that I kind of shirked my responsibilities and kind of didn't. You know, I, I couldn't. You can't be a, a, a good business coach or a trainer or a, you know, elevating other people's businesses if you if you put yourself in that position. Unfortunately, I think it's the nature of the beast with our industry. Um, you know, I would say that probably eighty percent of the coaches out there don't deserve to be in business. Quite frankly, you know. It's tough, yeah, and you're right. And there is there is some different stuff there that that happens. But look, I, I think at the end of the day, I can't live and speak for other people. All I can do is speak for myself, and I know where I I want to do the right thing. It's never wrong to do the right thing, and um, I want to be able to sleep well at night. I want to be able to to when the, when my time comes, when the you know when the when the numbers up, I want to be able to go. Hey, do you know he did things in a decent way, and he tried his best, and he he, he didn't try and do anything to anyone else, and all those other elements. That's just, I just want to live my life like that, and that's um, it's not someone else's responsibility. The biggest issue we have right now in a lot of areas of business and society, I think, is someone who's wanting to blame other people. It's not. Eat or be eaten. It's your issue. You can solve it. You can deal with it. Whether you choose to is another issue. But look yourself in the mirror and see whose fault it is. And invariably, it's staring right back at you. Yeah, that's it. I want I want everything and I want it all now. Oh, and if I can't get it all now, it's your fault. You know, and I, I think it's such a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very patient guy, as I think you are. And you'll steadily build and build and build, build the empire. And good things come, but they come over time. You do. And you put a brilliant post up a couple of days ago in the group and I saw it. It was like this guy saying, why can you charge more on me? And you listed out all the things you've done. And I was like, exactly that. It's exactly that graph, that hard yards, those elements where you'd keep doing those things and no one notices, right? Yes. It's that great quote that it's easy to drop your quality when that, you know, it's a sign of quality is when you do the same thing when, when no one's there. And it's that element of doing that work because people then look at us and go, oh, okay, you're doing this. It, they didn't realize that the hard work, the hard work is what gets us there and it's the hard yards and it's about being able to do that. And I still say to people now, I still make sales calls. I still do activity. Why? Because I want fat funnels. Fat funnels give me the ability to choose who I want to work with and it means I can bring great my prices. Absolutely. Uh, we're coming to an end, towards the end now. So I've got a couple of questions just to wrap up. So what are you working on uh, heading into 2021? Yeah, it's good. So I launched my Sales Success Academy, uh, which has gone down brilliantly, sold out the first 10. Um, so we're looking at taking, helping some other businesses, you know, achieve these, um, reduce these financial anxieties. Um, so I've got a course. Uh, I do a number of courses. I've got a course tomorrow night. Actually, if anyone's interested, I'm sure you can maybe share the link that uh, course tomorrow night about how to, to get sales success during um, during these recession times, because it's going to be some tough economic times. My focus is on the academy, working with, you know, some of the ventures I've got. I work with you and other people on the, how we can help lots of business owners. And my mission is let's get as many business owners learning to sell in the right way, getting that consistent income that means that they can then 
not have those issues that go on with not getting sales in. And when they look themselves in the mirror and they look and see the numbers aren't there, it's because they need to do something different. And so I want to, I want to change that. And I'm on a passion to change that through videos, through content. There's lots of resources on my YouTube channel, on my, on my website, or if people think, do you know what, I need that accountability and, and support to, to get there, then, then I'd love to, to talk to them about how I can help that through the Academy. Awesome. And I'd encourage everybody to go and check out um, James's YouTube channel as well. So we'll make sure we get that shared in as a, uh, into the show notes too. Um, so final question, James, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you go because I know you've got a hard stop. But um, So we're going to hop into the fearless business time machine. Uh, it's a bit like the DeLorean on Back to the Future, but better and fewer Iranians. Um, <laughs> and uh, you get to punch in a date in the past and we're going to go back and have a word with James T minus X number of years. So when, what year is it and what would you say to him? I'd say to him in 2005, uh, when I started my first business, uh, just be a bit braver in being able to be more specific about who you want to work with. And um, I was everything to everyone in that business. I built up a really good business and there were some other elements I'll talk to you about in time, but I could have, I, I thought everyone was better than a smaller group of people. And funny enough, there was a story that was on the Shift and Success uh, guys yesterday with a guy called David Harris, who I know, a very good friend of mine, who beam him sat at the same business at the same time. And we were on a flight to Australia. I remember chatting to him and saying to him, are you sure there's enough business in that sector? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I've done my work pretty sure. Like, are you sure you want to focus on just on defense? He's like, yeah, yeah, could do. Long story short, he sold his biggest business for an eight-figure sum three years ago. So um, focus on who you're good at, go and do that, deliver value, make them love you by solving problems to them and, and the world can be a good place. But if, if you know, it's one of those things, I think you're being a bit hard on yourself because you had to go through that painful process in order to get that really key piece of learning. And the nice thing is we can now kind of shortcut that for other people sort of, you know, if they're at the early part of their, their business years, um, there's a lot of stuff that I wish I'd known 10 years ago. Um, and, and we can now impart that on green business owners and hopefully accelerate their businesses. Exactly. And my message to anyone watching this, looking at coaches, don't go for a coach. Like you don't look, you know, don't, you wouldn't trust a skinny chef, right? Um, but you, you don't trust a business, a business guru that's not had any, you've had challenges, I've had challenges. Don't trust those people that say, that, you know, if they're going to teach you all the things in the world, ask them to tell you that where they've gone wrong and where they've had mistakes and um that's the biggest thing certainly from my perspective you're going to trust and work with them 100 listen james it's been an absolute blast you're welcome back on the fearless business podcast anytime you like uh do go and check out uh james's website which is jameswhite.business uh we're popping some details up there about the sales success academy over the next 24 48 hours uh if you're watching this on the facebook live um and also as i said go and check out james's youtube channel you can just go and search for james white sales uh, you should be able to find him on there awesome thanks so much james really appreciate your time love it no worries at all speak soon robin take care cheers mate Thank you.